This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 128. Today on our show, it's all about Price Hill with Tina Winkfield and Samantha Conover from Price Hill Will. And we actually already have either two or three families that already paid their homes outright before those five years are up. So they already own their houses completely. They just have so much pride in their house, and it's so awesome to see Tina and Sam work for Price Hill Will, a nonprofit community development corporation serving the neighborhoods of East, West, and Lower Price Hill. That's the first thing I learned, that it's actually uh, one neighborhood, but it's three different sections. They tell us about the three areas that make up the neighborhood, a little bit of the history of Price Hill, as well as what's happening in the community today. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now, let's talk to Tina and Sam about Price Hill. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from Cincinnati. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. A listener suggestion uh, this was, and uh, thanks to Mary Berger for suggesting uh, that you guys be on the podcast. And um, I guess, first of all, we'll start out, uh, what do you each do for, well, to explain who, uh, what organization you folks work for. We'll go from there. Chef, I'll let you uh, take this since you were the one that was contacted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so who we are, we are Price Hill Will. We are a nonprofit organization in Price Hill that specializes in physical development and social development projects. We have everything from homesteading projects where we help uh, new home buyers purchase their first homes, and this can look like uh, people who may not be able to have traditional lending. And then um, we also have things like uh, social programs like My Cincinnati, which is a 120-student orchestra that we actually provide after-school intensive music education for 120 Cincinnati youth, meaning that we also provide their instruments, their education, and this is something that we're even able to do right now during um, COVID. So our our reach is in a lot of different areas, but we really are just focused in Lower East and West Price Hill. Okay. And, uh, well, first of all, let's, uh, where are you folks from originally? Where are you from, Tiffany? Well, I'm a, I'm not a Cincinnati native, but I moved over here to, uh, to Price Hill um, in 2017. So I'm an East Price Hill resident. And um, I am Price Hill Will's marketing manager. Okay. And where are you from originally? Oh, goodness. That's a long question, a long answer. But in <laughs> short, uh, I, I, moved, uh, I moved here from Oklahoma and then from oh. Houston, Texas. Okay. Very good. And how about you, Samantha? Um, I'm originally from northwest Ohio, um, Toledo-ish area. Okay. Came to Cincinnati um, to study at the University of Cincinnati and then 
stayed after school. I've been here since about 2010. And then I actually moved to Price Hill because of my, because of this job at Price Hill Well. I just love the neighborhood so much. So I've been with Price Hill Well for about four and a half years and moved to Price Hill in 2016. Okay. Um, so it'll be four years and actually in August, I think is when we bought our house. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Tiffany and I are neighbors. We're both, we both live in East Price Hill. <laughs> Okay, great. Well, what I uh, one thing I found out because uh, I've been doing some uh, blog posts. Uh, I try to do one every other week for uh, for Cincy shirts, and one of the ones I do alternately within that is uh, it's either six or seven fun facts about a particular community. And so uh, I found out a lot about the neighborhoods of Cincinnati and some of the other communities in Greater Cincinnati. And while I was researching this morning, I discovered that Price Hill is actually considered one neighborhood, but it's divided into three sections. Correct. So if you're from the West Side, and actually most most Cincinnatians will call it Price Hill, um, because Price Lower East and West used to be just one neighborhood. And I really should look up this fact of when they split off. Um, but if they split into three neighborhoods, um, Lower East and West, because our neighborhood was just huge so um as a result like if you're trying to seek funding for economic projects or development projects with it's just huge so you you're you're basically we wanted to spread out the wealth so that we could get more projects and development happening on this side of town but you'll hear most people say price hill and then You'll also hear, which maybe you'll you'll like this fact, is a lot of people will say lower price hill and then upper price hill. Oh. So they'll even they'll even set um, just divide it into two neighborhoods. So lower is at the bottom of the hill, and upper is any of the basically east or west, anything that's on the upper part of the hill. So there's there's quite a few names. <laughs> so it, technically, lower price hill is actually at the bottom of the hill. Lower Price Hill is at the bottom of the hill, right across the bridge from Queensgate, where Athens State is. It's on either side. It's about, there's about 2,000 residents. Actually, no, just kidding. There's less. There's like 1,200 residents in Lower Price Hill, and then East and West are both a little bit, a lot, a lot of it larger. East is about probably 14 to 15,000 residents, and then West is about 17,000. So we serve all three neighborhoods making up a total of like 35,000 residents. Wow. So to give folks an idea, because I had to Google map this this morning, because I've actually been through the area because I uh, did a substitute trivia gig at, uh, I can't remember what the name of the place is. It's on Glenway. Um, it's a little oh. bar. Yeah. And so I've been, so to get people familiar, uh, 8th and State is where Glenway Avenue, I guess, kind of starts and goes up the hill and makes that curve turn all the way up the hill. And that would be, yeah. that would be Lower Price Hill. Yeah. And there's that bank, that cool looking bank building there that was built in 1909, I read. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I guess the, uh, that area I was reading is, uh, we've had a, a I guess what you call a, a new wave of immigrants coming in from Central America. Is that, uh, is that information accurate? Yes. So there are, it's probably close to five, six percent. We'll hopefully we'll know after the census what those numbers are currently, but especially East Price Hill has the largest um, immigrant population, um, mostly immigrants from Guatemala who have the, they speak Spanish, but 
their dialect is mum. So we have a lot of mum speakers in East Price Hill. And then Mexico is also another um, country that we have a lot of immigrants from. So most of them are in East Price Hill because we have we're, there's a lot of friends, English to Spanish friendly um, schools in that area. Roberts is one of those. And then also Holy Family. And then there's another uh, a pretty good population in Lower Price Hill and West Price Hill um, as well. But East Price Hill, I would say, has the biggest population of Central American immigrants. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I also discovered, although this didn't surprise me, is that um, Price Hill, I guess, was actually one of the very first rural suburbs of Cincinnati. Yeah, it was the first suburb of Cincinnati, actually. I can't remember where I learned that, actually. <laughs> Probably from working at Price Hill, well, honestly. But um, <laughs> slash, I took like this history, Cincinnati history course in college, and I think I learned it there, too. But yeah, we were the first suburb of Cincinnati, so... I think it was, well, it was probably the rich white class that wanted to kind of get out of the, quote, dirty, you know, downtown area um, and come live up on the hill where, like, the pollution wasn't so harmful, I guess. And all the pollution from the steamboats and everything. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I don't know, Tiffany, if you know any more about that, but that's that's all I really know is they just kind of... But they basically were coming up onto the hill to kind of get away from, you know, all the hustle and bustle that happens downtown. Yeah, yeah. So but what what I know kind of goes with that, um, you know, most of our residents started were Irish, German, or Catholic and heritage. But then the other interesting thing is you can see them from the back is that this area was originally um, termed, and I may have this wrong, Sam, but um, the Bold State was a, it was part of Native territories, and there was, and so we even have a uh, ice cream shop over here now that even carries that name to it. But yeah, that's, this area really did start up as kind of a, you know, an area where it's close to, suburban life, I guess, back then as it would be, but still trying to maintain a closeness to the downtown the steamboat area where people were working. Um, and that's kind of also how something like the incline started. So right where you were talking about down there in Lower Price Hill, that's where we actually had the incline. It, you can see some historical images and everything that run from East Price Hill down through the incline. And it's actually interesting. Now we have a new project on, on the um, on the horizon called Incline Run that we're working on that's actually looking at bringing back part of that area as a arts and eco-friendly kind of art uh, structure for residents who want to walk and run and bike in that path area. Yeah, and I guess um, you can still see the old tracks from, uh, they say, from the Primavera restaurant, maybe like the parking lot of the uh, Incline house there at the top of the hill. Yeah, you can see um, there the piers. I think there's 16 piers, like mm-hmm. uh, eight sets of two, um, that are still, they're kind of hidden by the woods and whatnot, but um, they're still visible if you know if you know where to look from the incline, which is awesome. And I guess the, the incline comes along like in the 1870s-ish, and uh, that really causes the, a lot of growth in, uh, on the top of the hill. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. then... And then it's gone by the 1940s. It, I guess they said it, it broke down, but I guess, and so I'm assuming probably by the 1950s with the advent of the automobile, 
uh, and the and Glenway Avenue going up the hill uh, or coming down the hill actually I guess to connect both ends of Eighth mm-hmm. Street. Uh, I guess that that's where the incline meets its demise. Yeah, and there used, the streetcar used to come up the hill as well, up like Glenway Avenue and over that turn. Um, but that and then that went away too. That would be kind of cool if the streetcar came back and came up the hill. Oh yeah, um, and I yeah. guess there a lot of I guess there were a lot of Indian mounds in the area. Uh, which I didn't didn't surprise me. I mean, I know there were you know, the Hopewell peoples were in the area, but whenever we think of Indian mounds, we usually think over on my side of town, on in the eastern hills, uh, Marymount, mm-hmm. Newtown, and and Anderson. Uh, do you, is there anything like still active or can be seen that you know of in Priceville as far as that goes? Um, actually, we have um, the, the two native tribes to our side of town were the and correct me if I'm wrong, Tiffany, um, the Mayama. And the Shawnee tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we have our latest project that's wrapping up right now is titled Arco. It's um, a an arts and community um, center in East Price Hill, and we were um, we actually named two of the auditorium spaces after those two tribes that founded the land over here. Um, so those uh, that's really all I know personally. Um, I have to do, I I haven't done my research on that, but I do know those are the two tribes that owned um, and occupied this land um, prior to us. Yeah, and Sam, what was the uh, organization that we were working with when um, when we were looking into that? Was it just like the Native People's like coalition type thing? Or? Yeah, there's a yeah a Native American coalition. I think of Greater Cincinnati or of Cincinnati um, that we're okay. in pretty good contact with. Um, they've been we've worked with them a couple of times trying to find them uh, an office space in. Price Hill. So I think that is still on the table, hopefully. Um, and we get a lot of our um, information from them. So what are kind of some of the challenges of, because it seems like, you know, Price Hill is, of course, you know, thanks, you know, a lot to your organization is, you know, being revitalized. We had Tim Jeckerling on from the Northside Business Association. He was talking about, a, and I guess they're, kind of, they're similar neighborhoods in a lot of ways, uh, you know, facing a lot of challenges. People interested in moving back into the city to be closer to town and maybe, you know, not out in the sprawl. Um, but what are some of the challenges uh, associated with kind of uh, revitalizing an area like Price Hill? Yeah. Wow, that's a a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we are very conscious in our work and efforts to make sure that um, we do grow and, you know, revitalize, but also not gentrify. So we are actively doing that by being very uh, mindful in our process and making sure that we get as much input from our residents and business community as possible and making sure that the stuff that is being revitalized and put forward and worked on is what they want to see and what they need. Also, the program that Tiffany mentioned, our homesteading program we um really our first we're about we're turning 16 years old this year so we've been around for quite some time and our first program that we um are most well known for is our buy and improve sell program where we bought houses and for lack of a better phrase like flipped them 
and then sold them at um, market value so that we could bring up the market value of this neighborhood because it was affected so much by um, white flight and then the 2008 crash. So really the market just tanked over here and a lot of homeowners and landlords didn't didn't you know have incentive to put in time and money into their properties because they weren't going to see the return on investment but now with that program in place we're seeing the market rise but not drastically to push people out Um, but we're able to see the homeowners and landlords put in the time and effort into their properties so that they can continue to stay here and enjoy this neighborhood and then the new program um, that's I keep calling it new. It's about it's probably about four or five years old now, but <laughs> newish. Um, it's it's still evolving. Um, so I think that's why I keep calling it new. Is our homesteading program where we work with re- um, renters that already live in Price Hill. They go through kind of I guess almost a vetting process. They where they work with. Santa Maria Community Services, um, Working in Neighborhoods, Legal Aid Society, um, and several other um, of our partner organizations in that work, and make sure that they um, meet the criteria of the program. And then once they meet the criteria, we match them with a house, and Price Will buys this house, fixes it up to code, so we don't put in all the cosmetic changes to the house, but we just bring, we bring it up to code make it habitable and uh, where they can move in ready. And then we enter a five-year land contract with that family, which so they pay us for five years a mortgage that um, is not more than, I think it's more than 20 or 30% of their income. So it's very, very affordable for them, for their budget. And there is a list of items of cosmetic updates that they need to make so um, you know paint the interior of the house fix up the porch um, do some landscaping and once they pay off that mortgage to us and once they go through that checklist they own the home outright oh wow so it's yeah so it's a way to keep these renters who have rented for such a long time in price hill and bring them into and have them become homeowners, which they never would have imagined because a lot of times these um, families don't have access to the lending programs that banks offer. They might not have a credit history or they might not have the income and what have you. So we um, kind of skip that process and they end up just paying us for that mortgage. Um, and we actually already have it's either two or three families that already paid their homes outright um, before those five years are up. So they already own their houses completely. And they are just over the moon about being able to, they just have so much pride in their house. Um, and it's so awesome to see. And that's how we are putting in a conscious effort to make sure that we are making the community, we're not pushing people out and we're making, and we're keep up seeing, evolving the community with the community. 
So that kind of goes along with the other question I had is that it, w- the people coming into Price Hill, apart from the our, the, our, the new immigrants coming in, uh, it's it's people also moving within the neighborhood to to houses out of uh, apartments. Are you also seeing an, an influx of people from outside Price Hill coming into Price Hill? I would say yeah, yes, yes, and no. There is an influx of people, but um, I, don't, I mean, I haven't. Maybe you have seen different. Tiffany, I think I've mostly seen people who live, like, maybe downtown area who wanted to be close to downtown still, but uh, but live in, but have, like, a yard and, you know, live in more of a neighborhood. Yeah, and from um, the, the people who are coming into Price Hill are those immigrant families that we talked about before, and they really have gotten to... Um, partake in this homesteading program that Sam's talking about because we also partner with another nonprofit in the area called Santa Maria and we've uh, paired with them that way one one part of us is able to move forward and help them with understanding um, how everything works in terms of purchasing a home and then they come with us and we um, actually look at the different homes that we have as an option for them. Um, But when it comes to maybe people who were originally from Cincinnati looking at uh, transplanting over here, uh, actually from what I've, I've gotten to talk to a number of realtors over here and what they're seeing also is sometimes you have um, properties over here that have been in their family for um, a while who um, and maybe grandma and grandpa have a property over here and then the kids will come over and they will try to help them rehab the home and then kind of, uh, you know, move in with them and kind of start almost flipping their homes themselves. So that's kind of what we're seeing over here also is that, you know, with with the price of homes over here and the closeness that Sam was mentioning to uh, downtown Cincinnati, it's, yeah, we're definitely bringing uh, an interesting, uh, diverse group over here right now. And we're hoping that, you know, with these different projects that Price Will has, that we're able to kind of blend everybody together and everybody just, everybody work together and we create a more... um, a more diverse population. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, one of my wife's friends uh, has lived in Price Hill for a long, long time. Then we have the uh, uh, friends that moved from Anderson over to uh, Price Hill. And I think they bought a, uh, I guess, well, what would be a historic home? They moved from a little uh, 1970s uh, subdivision house here in Anderson to, I guess, a, a, a be definitely be a historic home over in, in Price Hill. So I guess, you know, there's been some migration from east to west, anecdotally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, another question I had. When I moved here, oh. I um, my home is actually from 1850. Oh, yeah. And I'm originally from Texas, and that um, in Texas and Oklahoma, we, we just don't have homes from then. So, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, pe- people really kind of taking charge, I think, over here again, um, really wanting to preserve some of the historical buildings and at the same time really um, reach out and kind of create a new community over here. Yeah, that's what uh, our friend Tim Jeckering was saying about Northside is that they've, there's been an effort to uh, restore a lot of the houses and they've, they kind of help folks out to, to kind of restore them to the way they might have looked, uh, you know, when they were built or shortly after they were built. And um, 
Another question I had, thinking about the conversation I had with Tim, was because uh, he's on the actually he's on the business uh, committee over there, and uh, one of the things he was talking about was you know the, the challenges they have as far as helping businesses thrive and you know what kind of businesses to to bring in to the area. Uh, is that something you folks deal with at all, or is that a is that, is that a separate entity? Oh, absolutely. And well, and uh, actually, this was one one of the businesses I was going to mention earlier. We we are trying to um, you know create these different business opportunities in the area and be mindful, like what we we're saying uh, about um, making sure that we are bringing in things that people want to see. So, for example, even in Lower Price Hill now, we have um, hopefully we'll be opening up soon. Hopefully this uh, this summer. Um, well, we have uh, Miser's Market, which used to be a market down down there off of down there off of state. Now, what we've done is actually we 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 purchased it and we've renovated the entire space and we we are dividing it into a space where half of it is a grocery store and then the other half is a art installation where uh, different different groups can come in there and kind of on a rotating basis. So, um, and we really heard from people in Lower Price Hill that really is a food desert that they were needing close, accessible, fresh foods. And so, um, we actually got to partner with, uh, uh, Reba Hennessy. Sam, what, what's Reba's last name? Hennessy. Is it Hennessy? Okay. That's what I don't want to misspeak. Um, so yeah. And we got to, uh, to partner with Reba and she's actually bringing in, um, this the food store will be down there. Um, the Queen City will be um, the new uh, occupants of Miser's Market. So we're trying to make sure that, yeah, any of the businesses, we're trying to find new business opportunities all the time. We have even have um, different leases for things like a, uh, a daycare and things like that um, in the area. Yeah, one of the things that um, I was curious about too is when because uh, what happened on Northside was uh, Walgreens wanted to come in on the main drag there, uh, which I believe is Harrison Avenue, and uh, the business committee was like, "That's great. Could you p- possibly build the store up to the sidewalk and do parking in the back?" And Walgreens said, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> so the North oh. said, "Well, then, then no, you can't come in here." And they, they, yeah. I guess they negotiated with them for like six months and said, "You know, why can't you do this?" And as is explained to the Northside Business Community Committee that, well, we have one store footprint, and that's it, and we want people to walk in and be able to find the suntan lotion right when they walk in on the in aisle number one, and <laughs> and they were and the Northside people were like, "That's crazy because you know, we'd love to have you, but <laughs> could you work with us here?" And I guess the other problem too is they. Um, and maybe this is a challenge for Price Hill as well uh, and other you know, neighborhoods is that they build these buildings to only last 20 years and then they leave and build one somewhere else. And then that's somebody else's problem. That's this big cement you know, block sitting there empty. Do you guys have, find a problem with that or is it just more so keeping you know, current businesses helping them thrive? Um, so we have pretty uh, stark business districts currently. Um, I think it's just you know, kind of ebbed and flowed um, over the years of businesses coming in and then it not it not working out for some reason and then having to shut down and whatnot. But I think we're very, very much on the upswing. Um, we have quite a few, in the last 
five years, we've had a lot of new businesses come in and are still sticking around because they have been mindful about who is in this community and being a part of the community. Um, so we, and we do have so many long-standing businesses. I can't forget about those as well. So, like, Incline Public House has been around here for quite some time. Um, and they've lasted for so long because they are so community friendly and the owners live in Price Hill too. We have so many business owners that they live here too. And that's exactly what we want to see. We want to see, um, the, uh, you know, our residents wanting to invest in their community. And that's, um, also where, you know, our social piece of work comes into play. So we want to, kind of um, find those people that are interested in starting their own business and working with them um, and developing their skills and seeing out their pat and seeing their passions come to life. So Incline Public House has been around for quite some time. And then some new ones over the last five years, Veracruz Mexican Grill has done such a great job. Um, and they, um, the owners live I mean, they live right across the street from the restaurant, so I don't think you can get much better than that. That's something that we've been working on, I think, is going to be part of our um, strategic goals over the next three to five years is really trying to um, bring more of those businesses and storefronts back to life. Yeah, it seems to me there's two competing you know, things there, there's, uh, you know, people want, you know, what's called uh, a walkable neighborhood, which I just recently learned is, is a bad thing to say, which I'm very puzzled by because my daughter lives up in, uh, in Cleveland and Lakewood, which is the first suburb outside of the Cleveland border. And it's a walkable neighborhood. You can walk up to the corner and there's stores there. Unlike where I'm living here in Anderson Township, where you walk up to the corner and it's another road. <laughs> and then you have to walk all the way down that road to another road. Yeah. You can't yeah, you can't walk to the store. You have to drive to it. So, um so my point being is that people like the fact that like Price Hill and Northside and and Mount Lookout and places like that, you can literally walk to up the end of your street, make a turn and then there's a store there you can walk to and get you know food or go to the bar or go to a restaurant versus yeah. these show so-called lifestyle shopping centers that try to mimic that and you know, some successfully and others, you know, more maybe not so uh, sort of half-heartedly kind of like our Anderson Town Center where it's, you know, it's just not the same thing. And so I guess I guess my question is, so that's kind of been a, probably an appeal and a way to kind of uh, market Price Hill to folks, no? Yeah, I haven't. I think maybe why um, walkable neighborhood maybe is getting more of a negative connotation now is just because it's one of those overused words or phrases but I do think we are still tr very much trying to make it a walkable neighborhood because it's we have so many families in this in our communities that it's just I mean for family life it just makes it so much easier if you can walk you know a couple blocks down and go to the grocery store or like you want to go out to eat with your family um, you know walk another couple blocks down um, grab a bite to eat um, on your way back, you hit up, you know, the local dairy bar, um, whatnot. So that is very much what we're working um, for in all three neighborhoods. One project that we are working on getting funding right now as we speak um, is what's called the Warsaw Avenue Creative Campus in East Price Hill. 
So Christ the Will not owns um, eight buildings in the 3100 block of Warsaw Avenue in East Price Hill. It's like very much the right when you are entering the business district of East Price Hill. It's that first block um, of buildings. And what we are, we're working on getting funding to um, create this campus of creative youth programming um, and hopefully also pair it with some retail and food service as well. And then above those storefront buildings will be affordable apartments for residents. So just, I guess you can imagine um, our Mars Cincinnati program, which Tiffany described earlier is um, after school program um, that teaches uh, 120 youth orchestral instruments. Um, to violin, viola, cello, bass, and then also we've expanded to winds and percussion as well. So every day after school, they practice five days a week for um, a couple hours each day, and it's all free. They are housed in um, what, what we call the firehouse building that is in that block. And then what we're hoping, we're working with several um, other community organizations in Cincinnati to occupy those storefronts so like you know imagine a dance studio um next to the firehouse where people are practicing music and then a small like sandwich shop um next door to that so a parent can you know sit in the in the sandwich and coffee shop while waiting for their kids to finish up their after school programming instead of having to drop them off, and then kind of dilly-dally around for, you know, that half hour, hour that you're there. You know, it's not, you're not sure if you should go to go back home or maybe you're on a few errands, but really keeping everything in that close vicinity so that you can, you know, get stuff done within that block because it's so walkable. It's like, you know, and then you go home and it's hopefully a couple blocks away. So that we are very much working um, to, with that concept still. Yeah, there's something to be yeah, said. And I think that it's, well, I'm, I was going to say, I think that it's definitely something that's achievable. We actually had several students from Bath this year go on and do a, um, their capstone about the Price Hill area. And I believe five proposal, five or six proposals were submitted for different things that they could do. Everything from the Glenway, uh, business corridor down to, even uh, Dempsey Park over here in East Price Hill, and just th- there are there are always options that I think that we can do to try to make it a little bit more walkable, and we and at the same time address any concerns that anybody might have. Oh yeah, and, and speaking of walking, there are some nice parks over in in Price Hill. I know people are all about you know yeah. getting their steps in and things like that. What are some places people could if they've never been, they just want to come over and see what Price Hill is all about? What areas would you would you recommend people could explore, kind of both you know, park-wise and uh, and maybe, you know, business areas. I know Glenway's the main drag, I reckon, but uh, what apart from that? Yeah, well, yeah, well, if you if you want to talk about green spaces, about, about parks, um, I think Mount, you have to start at Mount, Mount Echo. Yep. Um, that's probably the most accessible for folks, and at the same time, you get a great view of, um, of downtown and across the river. Um, that is in... That, that's just a great space overall. Also, though, I think you have to look over at, uh, I mean, we have Dempsey Park, which is, which is right across from, um, which is going to be right across from us over at the Arco. They're looking and talking about doing some different developmental things over there. And then you even have, oh my goodness, 
Sam, my mind is space, where we have a yoga. Olden View. Oh, the, there's Olden View, which is a, a, a cross. From, oh, Dunham. Um, yeah, I'm speaking Dunham. So you have Olden View, which is right attached right there to uh, the Incline Public House, which will give you an, an even better uh, view of downtown Cincinnati if you're looking over to Queensgate. But then Dunham Center, and I think that that's a really great uh, facility that he, that more people should know and use. Dunham is a great green space that houses um, everything from uh, youth sports kind of areas to to an arts actual facility and even a facility where we actually have a, uh, a yoga program uh, that's called Let's Get Physical, where we have uh, rotating instructors uh, go through and offer free yoga classes. And we actually even have that program throughout a different throughout different areas here in Price Hill. So we actually have that over at Mount Echo and at Olden View right now too, just to talk about that. Um, but if you're talking about green spaces, those are a couple of different areas. Um, but then residents of course they kind of know about some other little gyms that people use a whole lot. Um, one of them I would say would be the Price Hill Recreation Center. Uh, which gets a whole lot of attention and use out of um, the youth over here. And when we're talking about walkability, I think that that is that that area really speaks to that um, because it gets it gets used so much by by students after school and everything. And they've um, they've been having to adjust everything during this time of COVID also uh, to how it looks for uh, their stu- for, for students and during this uh, not only. Are they at home more? But um, even during the summer months, it always looks a little different. Yeah, and speaking of schools, I think uh, think people realize there's a lot of, of great schools over in in Price Hill, including uh, Elder and Seton are both in Price Hill. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we have so many schools, which is necessary because there are so many youth in our area. Actually, um, and again, the census information is like ten years old now, so. Because of so many youth, a lot of our like median age is brought down to like like 25 or something like that. Because <laughs> we have like so many kids in the area. Yeah, C and Elder are both in West Price Hill, um, right on the main drag. You have Euler and Lower Price. Yeah. Go ahead. You have Euler and Lower Price Hill. Euler and Lower Price Hill, which if you aren't familiar um, with their model um, with the Community Learning Center Institute, I highly, highly um, recommend checking that out. They have a dentist office and an eye care facility within the school, and it's kind of just like a one-stop shop. It's very interesting that all three neighborhoods very much have their own personalities, Um, and Lower Price Mm -hmm. Hill... um, has a very Appalachian heritage, um, and so they very much like to stay within their community and have everything within that walking distance. So having a school that goes from daycare, pre-K, um, all the way up to senior year of high school, is, and then they have their, you know, doctor's office, dentist's office, eye care facility within that school is kind of, a, like I said, a one-stop shop. And then so many um, elementary schools in the area as well. Roberts Academy, Holy Family. Um, so lots of CPS schools um, as well as parochial schools. West Price Hill has Carson um, Elementary. Uh, and now I'm just blanking because apparently I 
Don't know why I'm doing that, but there's so many. <laughs> there are loads. I saw the I saw the list. Prices in East Price Hill. And so, um, and with all that, like yeah. you, you mentioned, the census um, that, that brings up a, a point too. I guess, especially with a kind of the the changing demographics of a, a neighborhood like Price Hill, I, I reckon you folks pay pretty close attention to those demographics because they are always in flux. Are there things that that come up that since you guys have been there that kind that kind of surprised you? We're definitely, um, there's an older pop, like kind of going back to the houses and the generational housing that like an interesting fact, I think we're the second owners of our house. Like, so there's only been one or two other owners of our house and our house was built in 1905. So there's a large population um, of older people probably in that 70 plus range that live in the neighborhood and have lived in this neighborhood, you know, their whole lives. And as we, I would say a lot of the newcomers are probably younger families that are coming into the neighborhood and seeking, you know, that downtown life or close to downtown life, but also having a yard and being close to some good schools. But again, that makes our age, you know, our median age range bringing it back down to like mid twenties or something like that. So I really think we're kind of all over the map. We're so, that's why, I mean, I really love this neighborhood because we're just not, not, we're so diverse, um, you know, not only in race and ethnicity, but also demographically age as well as socioeconomic status um, and, you know, what everyone's interests are, you know, we're just so incredibly diverse all in every single way, which is something that I think I, or that I really appreciate about this neighborhood. Well, great. Well, this is, I've learned a lot about Price Hill. This has been fantastic. And uh, again, I'd like to thank you both for uh, joining us, especially uh, on short notice. We put this together uh, very quickly. Um, we, we've arrived at the uh, time of the podcast where I don't know if you've listened to the show before, but you guys get to pick a coupon code. When what that means is uh, listeners will be able to use this code for the next week uh, online and in our uh, two physical stores in Over the Rhine and Hyde Park to take 20% off their t-shirt order. So if you guys would uh, like to submit a a word or phrase, it can be a couple of words even, uh, what would you like that to be? Oh, I would say Price Hill Proud would be. Oh, nice. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Okay, great. Well, uh, and then folks can find Price Hill Will online, of course. Just use your Google machine and type that. Or if you want to give the, 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 I believe it was pricehillwill.org or is it .com or Yes, it's not it org. org. Okay, super. Yeah. All right, and they can find all the other great things that uh, that Price Hill Will is involved in, and uh, and great. Well, again, uh, thank you, ladies, for for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. For you. All right, thanks. So, so uh, talk to you later. All right, right. see right. ya. Bye bye.
Keenan Sam from Price Hill Will, Cincinnati's first suburb. How about that? Well, one of them had to be first, right? Um, I didn't really realize it was Price Hill, but that makes sense now, uh, hearing the history. And I've driven through the neighborhood a couple of times, and uh, like I said in our chat, did trivia there once, uh, drove through it to another trivia gig that was, I think, probably out uh, in Green Township, uh, I reckon. But uh, yeah, it's nice to find out. Uh, something new about uh, a neighborhood I'm really familiar with. Now, there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast or a subject you'd like us to cover. Uh, well, please drop us a line. Podcast at CincyShirts.com. Put podcast guest in the subject line and then tell us who you'd uh, like us to have on uh, or have back for that matter. We've had people come back on the show uh, for another visit. John Keyswater, the Haunted Cincinnati guy, and Ronnie Salerno have been repeat guests. So if you heard somebody, you heard an episode and say, hey, you didn't ask so-and-so about this, why then uh, we'd, we'd be happy to have them back on. I'm sure people like Jeff Ruby and Pat Berry will be on again too because we just scratched the surface with those two. And uh, of course, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. And if you haven't already, check out those things t-shirts podcast archives lots of great episodes back there everybody from johnny bench to amy yasbeck there's just tons and tons of great episodes for you to listen to today's show is produced by me with help from josh and darren our theme music is cincinnati by big nothing they are from philadelphia find their music on itunes spotify or wherever else you get your music find vintage tees from great places like boston phoenix pittsburgh cleveland louisville seattle philadelphia and more at oldschoolshirts.com lots of defunct sports teams old restaurants old shopping centers uh, old radio stations that sort of affair uh like cincy shirts but for those towns and again the promo code of this episode is price hill proud it's all one word all lowercase all uppercase you can alternate upper and lowercase if you want to be cute about it uh, won't matter just make it all one word and you're going to use that to take 20 percent off your entire cincyshirts.com or oldschoolshirts.com order or you can use them in our physical or as we say brick and mortar stores and over the rhine and hyde park use them in person there to take 20 percent off your order right there on the spot Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest in T-Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.